Hey, hey, y'all. This is a special episode of the Yes and Amen podcast. Why? Because, well, it's my birth story. But also, this Friday, September 10th, we have our full collective Purposeful Shop relaunching. So we launched this shop about three years ago, closed it for the summer, and we have brand new products, fully revamped, and they all have a purpose. They all have a message. It's not just things for you to wear and just to have, but they have a message for us to continue to glorify God and live our most full lives, not only so it can fill us up, but also so we can witness to other people. So make sure you say the date this Friday, September 10th at 10 a.m. We open our shop 10 a.m. Eastern time at wearefullcollective.com. All right, y'all, let us get into this episode. Hey, ladies, welcome to Yes and Amen, where we talk about growing in our faith with biblical truths, real life testimonies, and meditating on God's word. Now I'm your host, Priscilla's Pearl Dominguez. Let's get it. All right, y'all, so we are here to share about our birth story. Yes, we are. Hey, <laughs> it's my man. <laughs> yeah. The husband is here, y'all. Um, and yeah, we're going to share our birth story. I already had shared before that this was going to happen. Um, we're about to be three months parents, and Moses is about to be three months. Yes. So here we are. Yeah, man. Um, three months is a big deal. Yeah, <laughs> it well, kinda, it yeah. flew, but you know... Um, We've, I feel like we've gone through a lot. Time definitely feels like it's moved quickly, but yes. we've gone through so much already just with him and with one another. So yes. hopefully, um, I mean, we're not, we ain't got time for all that on this one, but we're going to start from the beginning. All the way to the beginning. <laughs> um, so just a disclaimer. I don't know if this is a disclaimer, but you know, not, uh, not everyone can hear birth stories. I know in the past, I've heard a few that have been kind of intense for me and in that time, I actually shouldn't have heard them. So, you know, we just pray that you use wisdom in hearing this. Um, it is not a cute story. <laughs> um, it is full of God's redeeming love and, and, and him keeping me and keeping us throughout all of this. But um, there is a lot of challenges and struggles throughout the whole journey from birth to now to the end of the uh, fourth trimester. So just wanted to let y'all know and keep that in mind as you choose wisdom in listening to this or not. So, yeah, it was a year ago, September 2020, in the middle of a pandemic. Yep. You got me pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what I did? <laughs> that's exactly, that's what you did. <laughs> yeah, praise God. Amen. Wow, a year ago. <laughs> um, and so I found out on October 2nd, which was about three weeks after I was actually pregnant, so three weeks pregnant. And, um, I mean, I was just bawling and so excited. Um, I took a test. Um, and I had just taken a test and I had been taking tests recently, uh, and I took it and I honestly, I took it and I was like, eh, I'm probably not pregnant. So I went to go shower and then I got <laughs> the shower and it was, and I was like, is this broken? <laughs> Cause you know, I mean, I don't know if anybody's experienced this, but some are, some are broken. Some yeah, of those tests. I keep your receipt. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Cause they're very expensive. So I, I remember I like I told you I was like oh you got a package like I texted you you're at work or something yeah and then you, I was being weird and then you were like okay open it I was like nah you gotta open it when you get here I gotta go on a Zoom bye <laughs> <laughs> and then I had this onesie already that I had bought a few months ago for whenever it would happen that I would get pregnant um and it said uh, player three player three is entering the game yeah because you know we're a gamer family. Yes. <laughs> so you opened it, and then, yeah, you found out you are going to be a, a boppy. Yeah, man. And I always thought in that moment, like, my heart was going to drop or something. But, you know, it was a, it felt like a healthy place, you know, to be and, and a good place in our marriage, you know, for that to happen. So it, it just felt good. I just felt, like, excited. I, uh, you were like, no. Well, unfortunately, sorry, y'all. <laughs> I have... Um, messed with him before and have said I'm I got pregnant um and it it wasn't true which I shouldn't have done and no one should do that. Um, I feel like there should be some like more there should be more explanation. But I want it's just cuz I was being <laughs> Like was matured. it April Fools? No, or? I was being No, oh, okay. it wasn't even April Fools. But I, you know I was doubtful that you were going to believe me because yeah. I've done that before. So, you know. But you 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 repented so Yes, yes, amen. <laughs> okay, so so then, yeah, we, um, and I had already, um, so Emmanuel works for a place um, that has a union that specifically works with a, um, a place that has midwifery care, which is what I had always wanted. 
And so we connected with that place. And funny enough, that place didn't have, um, they didn't actually have a birthing center. So they had midwifery care, but not a birthing center. But we were going to end up giving birth at Metropolitan Hospital. And we went for a few months and, you know, received good care. But I just told Amanda, I was like, I really want to give birth at a birthing center. I really want to go this route. And so, you know, that's what we decided on. And God moved in mighty ways. Our insurance was not going to cover it. And after several phone calls and emails and conversations with, um, you know, the birthing center and, and all the places, um, it, it happened. And yeah, God is just, he's so good. Um, he made that happen. So at 20 weeks, we transitioned to a birthing center, receiving care through them, prenatal care. Um, and if y'all don't already know, um, around 26 to 28 weeks, a woman is tested for, um, I don't know if the word's tested, but checked for gestational diabetes um it's a terrible test with disgusting juice they have to do and you just can't eat for hours um but it helps you determine if you have gestational diabetes and it turned out that i did and that sucked (laughs) like so because i didn't know so much about it i just immediately experienced so much shame i was like what did i do wrong Mm. um you know i just told man i was like i just felt like i have i'm not taking care of our son ryan he's not even here yet like I just felt like I did all the things. Um, and then, you know, he just was like, you know, look look more into it a little bit and so like that. And I did. Um, we have to be very wise when we Google things. <laughs> but <laughs> I did. And because um, I literally had never heard of it before this, which is which makes me feel bad that I know. I'm sure there's women that I knew that were experiencing it, but just didn't share in the world about it. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, it turned out that it's not it can happen to any woman. Right. It's either um, genetics, like a lot of people in your family have diabetes, which, hey, that's me. Um, or maybe it's a hormonal thing um, or it's it could be different things. But literally, it's not about your weight. It's not about like anything like like you eating. It's really um, it can just happen to anybody. The skinniest woman the biggest woman, the smallest woman, just any woman. Um, so what that meant was that I had to really now change what I was eating, uh, which sucked because a pregnant woman wants to eat everything. <laughs> um, so that was the beginning of my discipline journey. Um, and, you know, Manuel was very helpful. He minimally ate ice cream in front of me. Yeah, I only did it on special occasions, <laughs> like days that ended and why. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, when you would come to the living room with ice cream, I'd be like, oh, thanks. And you're like, oh. <laughs> and then you would just go eat it. I'm like, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but like in the corner, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The whole like pint too is fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, I saw a nutritionist and um, it was just, it was a hard thing to do. Um, because I just, it really was going to determine a lot about the baby's birth. So I had to really take it seriously. Uh, and I wanted to not take medication, which is often a, an option for women. Um, so it was just, I just took it super seriously and Emmanuel was helpful with that. And just like, I think being home and being in a pandemic, not having to go to work in person and stuff definitely actually helped because <laughs> yeah. I didn't have to like figure out what to eat in the street all the time and stuff. So um, that was that journey. So that was already kind of like a beginning of um, some struggles, some things that we went through. Um, and then it went into, well, now we're going to move way ahead. We're going to go towards the 30s, the week 30s. Um, so week 37, this guy in here turned his whole body. <laughs> yeah, he was dancing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we was dancing the whole time. So um, the goal is for a baby's head to be down. I think around 32, 33 weeks is like the goal. And yeah. he wasn't down yet then. But then I think at 33 weeks after actually we came back from Baltimore, when I went to that visit, he his head was down. We we're like, yes. Um, and then uh, three weeks later, his he turned around. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, the birthing center just kept was talking about like, oh, you know, go you if you make a schedule, make an appointment to schedule so the doctor can move. It. I was like. That doesn't sound like something I want to do or save. So, um, yeah, we didn't we didn't do that. Um, yeah. We just did some yeah. some wild stuff at and, home. And that's because like uh, something our our doula um, yeah. recommended was always asking questions and yes. like you know is there an an alternative you know method to something? Is there like another option? Like what are all the options? Just exhausting you know all the resources and options you know yes. that you have. So. Get a doula, That's where y'all. That came from. Yeah. Specifically, Nicole Amialco. I'm probably saying her last name wrong, but she's amazing. Um, but yes, get get yourself a doula. Get some childbirth education classes. Humble yourself to acknowledge that literally, you need to learn all the things. 
because this is crazy. Um, so yeah, that's what we decided to do. We did some movements. We did some interesting things at home, uh, like me being upside down from the couch to the floor, um, some yoga poses, um, just some, some really like uncomfortable, like exercises that would help the baby, uh, turn back around. Yeah. And we did it for a few days and we had another uh, doctor's appointment that few days later. And you know what? As I kept seeing, God is good. Um, four days later, when we went to the appointment, he was back down. Um, and so if he didn't go back down, that would have been a reason to be risked out of the birthing center because they don't they don't really um, give birth to breech babies. That's what a that's what they call a breech baby when a baby's head is up. So mm-hmm. that was the, that was something that was like, you know, we were anxious about, but yeah, it, it, it worked out. But then <laughs> that same day, um, the doctor, the ultrasound doctor, you know, she asked me about, cause they had started doing like, they check with the blood pressure and all the stuff of the baby and me. And she was asking me some questions and I was like, yeah, I have decisional diabetes. And she was like, oh, you didn't tell me. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know I was supposed to tell you. <laughs> um, and then Sis went off. So this during this appointment, Emmanuel was not with me. He couldn't go in the room with me. So he's in the hallway waiting for me. And I'm by myself having to experience this. And she's just like, you know, you really, are you on, are you on um, medication? You likely have to have a C-section. Um, you know, you're black, so there's more risk. And I was like, I'm black? What? What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you saying? What? First of all, we've never had a conversation more than like, oh, you're good, looks good. See you at the next appointment. Right. So you're just like saying all this stuff to me, um, not actually asking me how I feel, my question, asking me questions, what I'm doing, um, any of that. And like she asked me for a few of my numbers. So with gestational diabetes, I had to prick my finger fingers four times a day to check my blood. Um, and I gave her my numbers and she was like, oh, two of these are off. I'm like, yeah, two of the 24 are a little high. <laughs> like yeah. I'm also not a robot. Um, and she just started going crazy. And I was at the end of it. I was like, um, yeah, thank you, sis. We'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. And she's like, I want to talk to your, your midwife. And I was like, yeah, feel free to call them. And when I walked out of there, I went to Matt. I was like, I'm not coming back here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, medically her, she, her concerns were, were based on, you know, just keeping the, the baby safe and doing mm-hmm the safest thing, you know, according to like what she thought in the moment, but it was right. just like her approach, her approach, her approach right. was just wild. And yeah. I wish I was there. Right. <laughs> yeah. She was like, you're, you know, just all the things, your baby's big, you're overweight. I'm like, I'm actually not overweight. You haven't checked my weight. Like yeah. just so many things that she said that was so wrong. And you know, what I realized afterwards that I shared about it on Instagram and so many women reached out to me that both had dysentional diabetes, but in general just had been spoken to, by doctors saying some wild stuff is that not everyone in the moment feels that they have the courage to um, stand up for themselves or the strength to like receive all this stuff and like say no. Um, And we do like the Holy Spirit gives us the boldness and the courage to do it and to be wise in what we receive and what we intake. Um, Because I wasn't, and, and you know, we could sometimes say no just because we're like, we're not being humble, right? We're being prideful. Like, no, I know what's best for me. You know, doctors doctors went to school, y'all. Like, we can listen to them. But um, we get to hear people's tones. We get to see their their demeanor, what's, what's their message behind what they're saying, all that stuff, right? So, But we can't always see that based on our flesh and just what we're hearing. And even some things can be triggered. So we really do need to seek the Holy Spirit for that kind of stuff. Um, cause I could have cursed her out, <laughs> you know, but cause of the stuff that she was saying, but I chose not to. And I also even chose not to like say nothing crazy to her. I just was like, I'm not going to come back here. You know, like you're not going to continue to serve me in this capacity. Um, and so that's that we went through that after, right afterwards, we went to the birthing center and, you know, we talked through that and they were really encouraging and stuff like that. Um, and then we got to 39 weeks, which was, I think a week or two later. Yeah. And we had gone to another ultrasound because we, like I said, we were going to return and they measured the baby at nine and a half pounds um, yeah. at 30, at 38 weeks. 38. Yeah. Um, and depending, you know, according to their information, all this stuff that is quote unquote, a big baby or like an overweight baby, um, which is also one of the results from, um, 
gestational diabetes. The assumption is that your baby is going to be born big because of the diabetes. So Emmanuel and I, like, we were, like, kind of confused because two weeks before, the baby was, um, like, six or six and a yeah, half pounds. Yeah, well, well below that. Right, so I'm like, did he just drastically grow in a yeah. week or two? But um, ultrasounds, if you didn't already know, are actually 50% of the time inaccurate. <laughs> so just so that can be some information for y'all because um, we need to know these kinds of data, right, to, like, advocate for ourselves. God has give, uh, has placed us on the earth so we can be people that have information and use it for um, advocacy, use it for service, right? Use it um, to fight for what is right and fight for people. So that's some data that can be helpful um, if you're, if you're pregnant or if you want to be pregnant or if you just know someone's pregnant, let them know about that. Um, And so that then determined that we were now um, risked out of the birthing center. So that was the determining factor. So at 39 weeks and two days, the birthing center contacted us and said, we can no longer, um, you know, do your birth or do your labor because um, the baby, quote unquote, is too big um, based on that that last ultrasound. So I had asked them, I was like, so what's the limit? Like what? And they're like, there actually isn't the limit, but it's because you have gestational diabetes combined with the assumed weight of the baby is that we can't, um, yeah, birth your baby here. And that was mad heart. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a Oof. definitely a like a curveball with everything that we were planning mm-hmm. and what we expected, and you know, we five had, days before our due date. <laughs> yeah, it just it just happened that that all of that came so late in, yes. in the pregnancy, and, and we process, weren't so. registered at a hospital. Right. <laughs> I mean, we were so confident that yes. in, in the plan that we that we had and that we prayed about, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and oof, yeah. So, um, we had to register with the hospital. Right. And, and, you know, this is feedback we gave to the birthing center afterwards. We're like, Hey, you know, we suggest that if you do have patients that have gestational diabetes in the future, perhaps prepare them by registering them in the hospital by like week 30, just in case, just in case. Cause for us going to the hospital the next day, uh, five days before our due date, and like, you know, basically talking to strangers of OBGYNs and midwives was just like hard because besides like grieving what we, what's what no longer we, we what we had planned. Now we're like meeting people that are about to like help me give birth in a few days right. um, and they didn't do any of our prenatal care. So that was just that was really um, it was a really sad time. It was really grieving. Um, thankfully, you know, I had. um set up like a group of women, I think around starting week 37 to just like be praying for me. So I gave updates and put them in messages on a WhatsApp to just be praying for me whenever I needed it. Um, because we were getting down to the end of, yeah, the end of that time. So, um, Moses didn't come though on his due date. He was very cozy. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, him, him and God knew the time. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. So they was, they was, he was cozy. Um, and so, yeah, June 13 was a due date, and then he was born June 22nd. Um, and so that Sunday is when we went into the hospital, uh, Father's Day, actually. <laughs> it might have been his first Father's Day, um, truly getting ready to be a father. Yeah, what an experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that whole two weeks, we were doing all the things, like tea, walks, Everything to try to, yes, all the things (laughs) um, to try to, you know, get him out and it just wasn't happening. And so we, you know, we submitted to the fact that we were now at 41 weeks and a day and acknowledging, you know, gestational diabetes that maybe, maybe the the last ultrasound was correct, maybe of the, of the weight. Um, So we accepted getting, um, going to the hospital to get induced. induced. So we did that on Father's Day. Um, and we were there for three days, three whole days, not just three days. We were actually there for five days, but we were there for three days laboring and getting Mm -hmm. ready for Moses. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did all the, we did different things. Um, we did, uh, we started with like, I don't even remember what it was, but it's like a procedure that helps start labor. If I could, with the balloon. Nah, that was that was, oh, no, that was after. uh the next morning. But yeah. something started started it, which started like the labor. I can't remember. 
Um, but was we, it they gave you something? Like, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So we did that. Um, so we got so the labor, so technically we started at 10 p.m. the night of Father's Day, and then we did that up until the morning. Um, and then they, yeah, the balloon. They did the balloon, yeah. which I'm not even describe to y'all is. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but by then, you uh, like it's, you started having like some yes. Some so I was having contractions, yeah. not very close at all. But yeah, they were contractions. Um, and then, so every once in a while, they could check if you if you if you want to. They check the dilated. And when I first got there, I was two centimeters dilated, which I was like, good lord. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then the next morning, I was still two centimeters dilated. I was like, Moses. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, so yeah, throughout that whole day, we did, they did the balloon. They, they, they broke my water, which was, again, I'm not really going to necessarily describe what that felt like, but people, human beings, whole hands. Yeah. But that was pain. That was like painful, right? Painful. And also just like. The stuff before wasn't as painful. Very uncomfortable, very like anxiety. Because it's like they're just doing crazy stuff inside of you, you know, yeah. um, and you don't really know what it. I don't really know what it, I know what it was. It was just painful and uncomfortable, um, and I it think, wasn't quick. That's the difference. Like it right. wasn't quick. And I think also with the water breaking, it's kind of like there's more urgency because yes. once your water breaks within 24 hours, yeah, you need you have to have the baby to, like yeah. within a certain amount of time. Yeah. So and then this whole time, I'm not eating solids. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to drink another vitamin water ever in my life. But yeah. I praise God for it because that's literally how the electrolytes in them, you know, help me. But that's all I drank, that and regular water for 36 hours. Actually, more than that. We'll talk about post-labor. But yeah, um, yeah so they do that, I, I guess, to prepare for a C-section just in case. So, right. yeah, I didn't have any salads. Um, I couldn't really even have a smoothie. I ordered a smoothie and they were like, no. And I was like, dope. So, so for people that, that, you know, they worried about, you know, how they're going to feel when they fast or something like right. that, you'll, you'll be all right. <laughs> you might be delusional, but you might, you're going to be all right. You'll, you'll survive. Um, and so, yeah, at that time, there was something, like, connected inside of my uterus um, to, like, a machine. So, like, even just going to the bathroom, like, Emmanuel or Madula had to, like, help me every time. Um, we were doing a lot of exercises with, like, um, a, pe- a medicine ball, a peanut ball, um, you know, taking little mini walks <laughs> throughout. Um, I think there was only, in the beginning, when I got th- when we got there, I was the only one in that labor hall. And then maybe, yeah. like, one other woman Yeah, came. we saw, like, another person. Yeah, but it was pretty quiet, so it was nice. So I could, like, walk. Because, you know, because of COVID, you know, we don't want to be, like, around too many people. But thankfully, we didn't have to be. Um, so we were just, like, walking around that little area, that the the labor hall, I would call it, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then the contraction. So then, oh, then I got on Pitocin. And Pitocin is basically synthetic oxytocin. And oxytocin is something that a woman would naturally experience or get um, that that builds up to contractions, and that comes from like love and affection, all that stuff. Um, so it's natural, um, right? And then pitocin is just a different version of that, mm-hmm. but pitocin is more intense because obviously at the end of the day, it's still a drug. So I started getting on pitocin, um, and that is when the contractions started wilding. <laughs> um, they were like a few minutes apart at first, then they were like every minute apart, and then they were every 30 seconds. Yeah. And so Amanda's going to talk more here, because the way sis does not remember much <laughs> <laughs> of that crazy time. Like, yeah. I kind of remember, but in some ways I praise the Lord that I don't remember much, because I do remember that being the most painful time. So, yes. Yeah, I think um, this is where breathing, like, became, like... I want, I I feel like, you know, it was like breathing was like life or death, you know, mm. like literally it was the foundation of, of everything um, during that time because the energy was, I feel like it wasn't there, you know, like the way it, it should have been, you know, I guess like at that point in the labor, obviously because of the nutrition that she wasn't getting, mm. but at the same time, did you say why you had to be on the on the on the 
I know solids and stuff like that too. Wasn't that like just in case, like, you know, they needed to do a C-section, right? I think they do that with anyone that comes in for an induction. Right, basically. right. Like to get you. I don't think they do that with everyone. For like possible surgery or yeah. whatever. But. And also, I want to say, be, uh, be mindful of this hospital. So is Metropolitan. They actually have midwifery care and they're very, like, I would say they're, it's a very different experience from like other hospitals. Um, yeah. So that's really. That's a powerful thing to, like, know, yeah. just in case. But, yeah, but the breathing, like, I mean, our doula taught us that uh, the pain and the contractions and things like that, you got to treat it like waves. You know, they come mm-hmm. in and they come out and you kind of just ride the wave, you know. Like, you don't think, like, man, this is going to last forever. Or, like, you got to think about, you know, the the resting periods in between and, like, just getting through those contractions and things so you can get to those moments of rest and where you can breathe the way you want to, but then it's like even breathing through the contractions and the, and those moments of pain. And thank God that, you know, we were able to be there with her and kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, just be the, the, the example of how to breathe and like when to breathe and, you know, because honestly, like, <laughs> um, Pain and, 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 you know, I mean, obviously I don't know exactly what that felt like, but just the fact that you need to like control your breathing and breathe a certain kind of way while you're experiencing that, like, that's just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how you even do that. But the fact that, you know, you were able to do that and able to like stay focused. Um, I mean, you say you don't remember a lot, but like you was focused on something in those moments that, that kept you, you know, from like, just, you know, mm-hmm. getting out of control or something like that. Like, I was we, praying. yeah, we was, we, we were hurt, you know, watching you like that, you know what I'm saying? We would look at each other and, and it was just like, man, like, you know, she's going through like the craziest thing right now, but mm-hmm. at the same time is thinking like, what's the most important thing right now? And it's yeah. like focusing on the breathing so that she is able to get through these. But it was so many contractions and for such a long time that I was just like, yo, like, I was almost like, yo, when is this going to end? Like, mm-hmm. like, this is how, how could she, how could she even go on for this long? Like, we hear all night, you know, through the morning and it's just like, yo, like, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't expect for, for this much stamina to be required, you know, that this was possible in, in the labor process, you know. Like, I, I was expecting to just come in, like, I right, for a little while, we're going to just bam, 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 all right, we got through it, let's go, you know, but this was like, it really was like a marathon, and really putting every single thing that we, you know, spoke about, and that we practiced, like, into practice, you know, and and just using, like, everything we could to make her feel like, you know, not just that we were there, but also that she had, like, support every way that she needed. Yeah. So. And, and it was, yeah, so I did do it for quite a few hours, right, because, what I, you know, I was grateful that they were just waiting on me. They were waiting on me to make the decision to when it's like, okay, it's time to stop. Either that means epidural or that means something else, but it's like time to just like, or to try to push, right? Like it just, it meant, but they were waiting on me. At no point did they ask me, you know, like, are you ready to move on? Are you ready to do something else? Like it just, we're dealing with, we were dealing with the contractions for quite a few hours all night. Um, and, and I do remember that, like, I don't remember a lot of it, but I remember praying, like praying something as I inhaled and praying something as I exhaled. Um, and I don't remember, I don't remember the prayers. I don't know if I said scriptures in my head, but I just remember praying because that was just really wild. And I just couldn't have done it with you, without you guys and without God. Um, and again, that's why a doula is so important, right? Like we could look up all this stuff, but it's like having her there present, um, really matters. So, yeah, so then um, I was like, okay, y'all, so that epidural, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, you know, I I know I wanted to do all this natural stuff and birthing center, and I and I applaud every woman that does that and that can do that, and their body allows them to do that, um, but, yeah, I mean, my body just wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to lab, natural labor, all the things, and the Pitocin level was getting really high, too, so, um, yeah, it just was like, at the end of the day, I need to take care also of myself and I need to be able to like live through this, right? Like I'm not going to basically kill myself throughout this whole process. Um, and, and just so you guys know, like in regards to like epidural, why me choosing birthing center, all that stuff, a lot of, all of that stuff is also about God redeeming my 
point of view, right? Because the thing about Jesus, we get redeemed, right? When we give our lives to Jesus, but that's not the end of our redeeming experience with God. We get to, we get redeemed and restored in many other ways throughout our life. And for me, I've had very traumatizing, triggering, and um, sad experiences at hospitals. To me, hospitals was only affiliated with um, death and and malpractice throughout my life who, with people that I love. And so that was why I was so adamant about not giving birth at a hospital and not doing any all these any kind of drugs because I just didn't trust doctors and nurses, all this stuff to do this. And this was God showing me this experience that they can be trusted. The right ones can be trusted and that hospital is not a bad place because a hospital brought my son to this world in a healthy way, right? It happened at a hospital. So um, this is just, you know, for y'all to keep in mind, like anything that you have a very adamant point of view on or specific idea around whether it's through experience or information like be open to god restoring and redeeming that point of view of yours because that point of view may be hindering you from walking in abundance that point of view may be hindering you from walking in healing and 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 freedom and so now i'm like y'all if you need to get birth in a hospital and do all the episodes (laughs) and all the things do it because you want your child to come into this world healthy no right. matter what I mean, it's how's, no matter what how's go- how's gone how's god gonna get you know the glory every time just mm-hmm. if if you know it's just based on the plans that we have and the plans exactly. that you know we think are best for us you know mm-hmm. he takes the things that we f- that we fear and the things that we you know just have bad experiences with and he he makes them good exactly. because he's good. Every so time. he could, he can make, he can make anything good. You know what I mean? That's and he's refining is. us every time. Cause I was afterwards, I was like, wow, really God, you have to teach me that hospitals aren't a bad thing through this whole birth experience. You could have just, it could have been a doctor's appointment, you know, like, yeah. but that's what he, he's, he's refining us in every experience and thing. Um, so yeah, I took that Bedoro. Uh, it is not an easy thing. I was thinking it was like a little Advil or something. No, <laughs> Because also, mind you, y'all, I was not really prepared for any of these things because I just didn't think they were going to happen, right? So um, epidural is really actually like a, a needle in your back. Um, and Emmanuel, no one could be in the room. So Emmanuel was not in the room. My doula wasn't in the room. My mom wasn't in the room. The anesthesiologist was in the room and the nurse. And so that was probably a really... And the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, amen. Um, that was a really hard part um, of the whole experience at the hospital because now my two biggest supports and like Emmanuel is like the ultimate birth partner like if I if I we could make a business so you know people could hire you I would I would be down <laughs> for that because like wow man I'm, I'm good off just that one <laughs> <laughs> um but so he couldn't be in the room neither could do a lot of stuff so but the anesthesiologist when I tell y'all an angel was sent from heaven and was put in that room like it was and it was a man who was incredibly sweet and encouraging. Like, he was like, you know, you're doing so good. I know this is so difficult, um, but you're doing well. Just keep breathing. I know this hurts. I know this is not easy. I know this is not how you plan all this. Like, he was just fully acknowledging that, like, all I'm, fe- all I'm feeling and affirming what I was feeling. And that's what I needed right, right in that moment. Um, because I was literally still having contractions every 30 seconds, even while getting this epidural, which took, like, around... 15, 20 minutes that felt like three hours. Um, yeah, we was so, there for a little while. Yeah, so then I got all numbed up, couldn't feel anything, which was super uncomfortable and ex- and made me anxious. Um, and then I'm laying down for a little bit. Uh, Emmanuel was back in the room. The duo was back in the room. And then they say, I have a fever. Uh, and, I'm, and I had been shaking, you know, I think actually for like a few hours, I had been like a little bit like shivering. Yeah, like shivering for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they hadn't me. said necessarily like it was, they said maybe like it was anxiety, but then they said I have a fever, right? And so they said that the fever may have came from um, the water breaking, breaking the water, yeah. and um, bacteria entering. Because basically, you know, basically the space has opened. And it has been so many hours that bacteria may have um, formed and I had a fever. So at that point, I am shivering even more. I'm so I'm like feeling all the things and I'm also half numb. So the doctor comes in and this is a doctor who had just begun her shift. So she was basically the last doctor we saw in all those different shifts we saw. And another angel from heaven, like she was just incredibly sweet, incredibly understanding. Like I said before, this hospital, uh, Metropolitan, they have midwifery care. We we couldn't get the midwifery care because when, if you're risked out of a birthing center, they won't take you 
as a midwifery care um, client because technically your wrist's out of that as well. Right. So um, we did have an OBGYN team, but they they're just like you know we are so like we are not here to pressure you we want you to make the best decision and you can see that because we were there for three whole days and they weren't pressuring us to like have this baby right Right. um but you know she did say she's like you have a fever his his um emmanuel you said that she said something about the umbilical cord with like his blood yeah like they were um i remember yeah it had to do with like the your blood pressures and like the um some numbers from when they were monitoring him and they were just saying that he wasn't getting enough like like the oxygen that was needed so that you could continue the labor for like an an extended period of time so that was like a main reason why the c-section was like brought up and the urgency yeah and the fever so they offered it and and, well at first they said it was like we'll keep monitoring you it's not urgent you know we just want to let you know to keep that in mind and then I think like 20 minutes later, she came back. She's like, okay, now we feel that it really is the best decision. And she's like, when I tell she was like, just very sweet. She's like, I'm a mother. I completely understand. This is not what you wanted. This is not what you originally planned, but we're here to serve you. We're going to make you as comfortable as we can. And we're going to, we want your son to come in this world healthy. Yeah. Um, and when we heard that, we're like, we want the same thing. Right. But we asked, we're like, can you guys step out for a few minutes? Um, and let's just, we're going to talk about it. So yeah, we talked about it briefly. We didn't have that much time. Um, my point of view was simply, I want my son to finally be here and be healthy. I want both of us to be healthy and be good. And if it seems like if we keep going, some it seems like we're going to end up in a situation where there's an emergency. Right. So that's where I was thinking. And even though I did not want to have a C-section, what, what was like your mind at? I mean... The, f- the first and biggest thing that um I was thinking about and I couldn't shake was just that it's a surgery, you know, and it's a surgery that is involving two lives, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, you know what, like, this is something that's, I guess you could say it's common, you know, it's a, it's a procedure that's, that's done all the time, you know, but at the same time, like, you know, it's still a surgery. You still like, you know, it's a it's an unnatural process to you know open, mm-hmm. you know, a womb and you know and and pull you know a baby out and all these kinds of things. And I was just like, I'm usually like like pretty decent with like just expressing what I want to say in the situation and things like that. But like, and during that time and in that moment, I was just like. Like, I just couldn't. I couldn't even speak. Mm-hmm. You know, I right. couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah, I was just like. You were and I was. Crying. It kind of scared me a little bit. I was like, yeah. man, like, why Why do I feel this way right now? You know, like, knowing these. That, you know, it's not like. This isn't, this isn't necessarily the end of the world, you know. Like, and we do want our son here. But at the same time, like, it was just a feeling that I couldn't shake in that moment. And by the grace of God, we were able to get some words out. Mm-hmm. And we were able to pray. And, um, yeah, that's when we, like, just made that final decision to just, like, go with that. And it just seemed like the, not, like, just the logical thing to do, but it was a moment where we could actually just surrender. Yes. And just, like, okay, God, you know, like, we we believe that you're going to use this situation to get the glory. And Mm -hmm. you're going to, you're going to be in the room with, you know, these, these doctors and, you know, the surgeons and et cetera, et cetera. And you're going to, you're going to take control of the situation. So, we don't we don't have to be paralyzed, you know, by and maybe that's what it was too. It was like mm-hmm. I was like paralyzed by by just fear and like uncertainty. So yeah. that makes me um in the room, so when we had packed um all the stuff for the hospital, uh one of the things I packed was this sign that we have in our bedroom that says trust God, right? And yeah. and I wanted to hang, have it hung up in the whole time, like wherever we were in the hospital until so we had it. And that was a moment where we were like both we were like we just we need to trust God. And yeah. and there's no coincidence that the whole time from the moment we went to the hospital, the scripture, I was literally repeating myself for the last two weeks before labor when we had to switch to a hospital and the whole time we were in the hospital was Psalm ninety one, the beginning of Psalm ninety one, where it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the most high will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And that's what I just kept saying, right? Like, we have to just trust in God. He is our refuge. And this is not what we planned. But clearly, God knew. Because like we said before, if we would have done it at birthing center, we would have ended up 
at an emergency room having an emergency C-section. And this wasn't an emergency C-section that we had. So God knew. And so this is just a reminder that we get to trust God. His promises are yes and amen. And we get to trust him. And even in in 2 Peter 3, 9, it says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. As some understand slowness, instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And maybe we don't think of this in a context of trusting God and, and believing for his promises. But what this is saying is that his promises will lead to a place where we get to repent. Because repent is not a bad thing, right? Repent is just simply reminding us that the plans we had actually weren't affiliated and aligned to his will but rather that his promises are good. And that's that was his promise this whole time. I'm going to give you a healthy baby boy. That was his promise from the beginning, and that's exactly what he did. We wanted it in a different way, right? We wanted it to come out in a different way, but um, every experience should refine us. Every experience should bring us to draw closer to God and surrender to him and trust him even more. And that's exactly what this experience um, ended up right doing for both of us for all of us um and and we don't know what that experience did even to the people the team that served us right and helped us through that experience so um speaking of that team incredible team that um you know did the surgery so i went into the room uh to prepare and then emmanuel came a few months few minutes later to the room for the surgery uh i don't remember much i remember being anxious not being able to feel my body I remember being uh, anxious about not being able to see my body, so they put a cover of on on you from chest down. Um, I unfortunately don't even remember, you know, like there's a picture of Emmanuel holding Moses, and I'm smiling on the side. I'm like there, and I don't even remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it wasn't a long procedure, but I had a lot of anxiety even before Emmanuel got there. I remember I remember this. I remember saying. No, I don't want to do this anymore. You can stop. Like we, we're not gonna do this because I've just was I was shaking, I was shivering, I could not. So I had fever and I had anxiety, um, and it just wasn't a good combination. <laughs> so um, that's yeah, that was my experience in that. I don't know. I mean, you were fully yeah. not drugged, so right. Yeah, I was sober. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, like you was yourself, but. Like, you weren't, it's like your body was, like, in a whole other place. And, like, you wasn't, you wasn't really connected to, like, your body, you know. Because I would ask you questions, like, oh, like, does it hurt or do you feel cold or whatever the case may be. And you was just kind of like, no, 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 no. You know, and you'd be like, okay. And you was like, where's the baby? And, uh, you know, and you was just like, like, your mind was just on, like, the end game, you know. Like, mm-hmm. like, what, like, where, like, where are we going? You know, like, what's, what's. You know where where what's gonna end up happening? You know, or like you know what is the end result? You know, and that encouraged me. You know, in a in a weird way, because I'm just like you know what I'm over here like still worried, and I'm still like you know, and you know I, obviously I was watching this thing you know happen, and and I was there with you, and um, you know you were still shaking, you know, and and it was just a, it was just kind of like surreal, um, just. I mean, I don't know if y'all out there have ever been in a room with someone who's having a surgery who's, like, still kind of awake or, I mean, it's just, like, it's just a surreal experience. Um, And I was just, like, I mean, obviously, I've never been in a situation like this, but I'm going to try to continue, you know, to just be there however I can. And I think the biggest way I I could be doing that in that situation was just, like, just believing, you know, that God is going to carry us through this. And then, like, and just, like, talking with her, you know? Like, we just, like, all right, we're here, and, and you know, we're going to get through this, and, you know, let's not, let's not, we don't need to be, you know, uh, stuck in fear yeah. or what, you know, the worst thing that could happen is, and, and you let's were the just first get through this, you know? To hold Moses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After the doctors <laughs> stopped staring at his hair, you know? <laughs> yeah, there were like, everybody. Oh, my God. I was like, God. yo, pass that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so <laughs> much hair. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so they finished. They cleaned everything up. You went to the other room, the recovery room. I met you there, and then we met Moses there. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god, he was so tiny. Yeah. And he, it's so funny because when I think of now, like he makes the same faces now yeah, that he did yeah. that. It was like these, just like these funny and cute little faces that he makes. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he was so. It's kind of crazy because he was so responsive. Like yes. even even like holding him that first day. Like we took like a video yes. and well, I took a video because he was like out of it. <laughs> yeah. Um and um you know just I'm just kind of like talking to him and I was just like I was like crying and I was just mm-hmm. so excited that you know first of all that we finally got through the you know the the I guess the hardest part of all that, you know. Right, right. Um, you know, and not, you know, there's there's obviously other things you need to go through and deal with after the procedure, but that was like, you know, that that mountain, you know, to get over. And, yeah. you know, even with that going on and 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 feeling like relieved, like it was like, it was almost like I didn't like I didn't even want to all of that, everything that just happened, like, as crazy as it was, like, I just wasn't thinking about it no more. Like, I was just there in the moment with him, and he was just, like, so respond. Like, he was just, like, making faces at me and, like, moving his head and almost, like, kind of, like, you know, he recognized me. And I was just like, man, like, this is this is really our kid. Like, he really, I mean, he, he has been, you know, this whole time, you know, while he was, you know, in the womb, but... You know, now we get to actually see, you know, his his reactions, you know, um, and 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 who he is, his personality, and all those kinds of things. So that was just like that was a moment right there. Yeah, and then we were there together in that recovery room, and I was like, um, "Can I eat something?" <laughs> like, yeah. and you was pretty responsive too. Yeah. Like after the procedure, yeah, I felt mad Thank funny, God. but um, and I was still numb for the most part, but. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't. Um, she was like, yeah, ice chips. I was like, sis. So she gave me ice chips. And I was like, wow, I've been eating 38 hours now. Um, but thanks. Um, and so, yeah, we have Moses. So unfortunately, um, I only got to be there with him. Well, together there, but me specifically for about an hour. Because he had to go to NICU. So he went to NICU because of my fever uh, and because of the gestational diabetes. So some pe- babies born that their mother had gestational diabetes, could have some blood um, issues or weight issues, uh, and then in addition to that, my fever. So, yeah. yeah, he had to go to NICU, and that's when they told me right there in that recovery room, and I was like, wow, so all of this, and I just <laughs> got to birth my baby, and I can only be with him for an hour. Got it. So, you know, it was only, um, it was supposed to be four, 48 hours that he was in the NICU, and and I just, I know moms, I personally know moms who've had their babies in NICU for weeks. So yeah. I just, I can't even imagine that. 48 hours for me was like so wild. So I just, I'm so encouraged by the moms that have their babies in NICUs for weeks and months. Um, but yeah, we were there for about an hour with him. Um, just got to have some skin to skin, see how adorable he is, um, pray for him. And then they took him um, to the NICU. And then we went to our recovery room where... Um, we would spend a few days and that was, you know, that, that, that recovery had its own challenges. Again, I was numb for a while, just yeah. needed help to do everything. I couldn't. So when we got to the recovery room, I actually threw up. <laughs> yeah. I threw up. Um, and I'm like, how do I throw up when I haven't eaten anything in days? So threw up. Um, and then I, they were like, yeah, you have to wait longer to actually eat solids. I was like, awesome. <laughs> and then throughout this whole time, Emmanuel could go visit Moses at the NICU, thankfully. So, yeah. you know, he was going every once in a while to like be with him, but also obviously staying in the recovery room to be with me. Um, and I couldn't go for a whole 24 hours. So yeah. that was really, that made me really sad. I was like, wow, my son was just born and now I can't be with him. Um, and around this time, I, I really made sure I wasn't eating in front of you. Because yes. That, <laughs> then you, you really would have killed I me. I was very thankful for that. <laughs> um, he like went outside and like ate somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I didn't even ask him how, how the food was. I was like, we're not talking about that. <laughs> um, yeah. But then, yeah, uh, about 24 hours later, I kind of, I recovered to the point that I could go see him and so I went to go see him in the NICU and it was, he was just oh my god Moses he's just too much he's too cute um and the good thing is too in the in between there was like a camera on his face um in yeah. the NICU room so mm-hmm. we could see it through an app throughout the whole time too um but that was that recovery time and then uh you know just was healing and they gave us some inform uh, some stuff they I started uh, pumping breast milk and stuff like that and they gave us information gave us some materials that could be used at home for my recovery, talked about my recovery, talked about, you know, childcare at home, taking care of him and stuff like that. Um, and then we got to 
uh, I think it was Thursday, which was a whole 48 hours. And they're like, you can choose to stay longer. You can choose to go. And we were like, we want to go home. Yeah, <laughs> so <man. laughs> we got him. We're like, baby's good. He, they were like, yes, he's good. There's no issues. The gestational diabetes did not affect him in that way. Um, and he doesn't have any issues in regards to fever. So he's good. Y'all can go home. Um, and I was just so, so grateful. And even going back to that. So he was not born quote unquote big. He was born eight pounds and four ounces, which is not big. Again, I don't even know what big is, right? They actually tell one in every three women that their baby's going to be born big. And then one in every 10 women's baby is born big. But again, what is big? Anyways, so that's just to be keep, you know, another thing to keep in mind of like that we get to advocate for ourselves and ask questions. Right. Because um, there was no issues with his shoulder. That's another thing about shoulders. This show shows a thing. If you had gestational diabetes, having a baby, all this stuff. But he's healthy. He's here. He's about to be three months old. Um, And so we're just going to talk briefly a little bit about like what's been like being at home since then. Right. So in the beginning and even now, still, I had a lot of anxiety. Um, I, it was, uh, it, that it led me to like, just cry at random moments, um, not be able to like do much, not being able to do a lot, like carry him in some ways and certain, do certain things or carry him for too long or do certain things with him for too long. That made me cry because that made me feel just like inadequate, like a man was doing everything and I can't do anything. And it's better now. It's still, I still am in recovery. They say it's supposed to be six to eight weeks. It's about to be 11 weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I am still recovering. Um, so that's also really challenging. Uh, but Emmanuel has been incredibly helpful and loving and supportive in those moments. Um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. And that's, I mean, that's what, you know, mar- marriage really is right. And then I feel like it really is in parenthood. Um, if y'all want to know more about our relationship, check out last year's episode. I don't know what number episode that is, but it was, yeah. we released in September last year. Um, on our anniversary but the one with my name in it yes <laughs> i think we call it like navigating the sea of marriage, sea of like marriage that. you, you yeah. came up with that real yeah, real poetic, kind of poetic <laughs> thing there i guess but um but yeah postpartum is no joke um it has been very challenging mentally spiritually physically emotionally um you know not feeling shame not feeling trying to not feel guilt trying not to um compare um, myself with other moms, new moms, trying to even be in the word, <laughs> um, trying to not make my baby right an idol and make my life around my baby. There's just so many things to process through this um, season, and it's a lot. But I'm also like so amazed <laughs> that like I get to be a mom and we get to be parents of this beautiful, amazing, awesome baby who like does something new every week and is just hilarious and cries and laughs and poops and pees and all the things um headbutts and headbutts yeah so although it has been like so hard the recovery um season and and time and just even adjusting to my new body and all this stuff um yeah like emmanuel's like love and support and affection and, and prayers from people and you know, my mom has been incredibly um, supportive. And, and I just think of that, like my mom's mom passed away when she was 15. My mom did not raise her kids with her mom there. And she's like literally the best mom. So I'm just like, just so grateful that God has blessed me and gifted me with people. <laughs> like people are gifts, right? Um, yeah. And so I'm just really grateful, yeah, for that. But that's been my postpartum journey. How's yours been? Postpartum. Amen. <laughs> Your postpartum part <laughs> giving birth. Yeah, I mean, there's like the ups and the downs, you know, of mm-hmm. like, you know, doing anything like even similar to this. And right. I feel like the biggest thing for me and the thing that grounds me always and that I always come back to is that having a similar to like, you know, how marriage is, a, you know, like a, it's like a reflection of, of Jesus and the church, you know, and what that relationship looks like and should look like. It's kind of like I think of when you have a baby, it's kind of like the way God is our father mm-hmm. and the things that he goes through with us trying to parent us when we allow him because God is not our father unless we you know, mm-hmm. come to him and unless we have that relationship with him because um, we need to do that with our own free will. But when we do do that, and we, and we do have that father-son or father-daughter relationship, it's like there's, there's a lot of ups and downs, you know what I mean? It's like once you, once you receive, you know, that identity, you know, um, it's not like just 
a good time from there. You know what right. I mean? It's like submitting to, you know, what what's best for you because your father knows what's best for you. You know, and it's kind of like I'm a, I'm understanding that more on a on a ground level now. Um, having a son because you know I mean he's still a baby, but there's moments where I feel like you know he's he's fussing and you know he's fussing because you know for some reason that I'm I'm not getting because you know I, he he has the things that he physically like quote unquote needs or whatever but um he's fussing and I have to kind of like intervene and do something so that he can feel you know loved and he can feel nurtured and all these kinds of things and I feel like God has his ways of intervening in our lives so that we can feel those things and so we can come back to him and look at him like Oh, okay, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm your son or I'm your daughter and I need to I need to like fall in place, you know, with, with what that means and and just trust that you're going to take care of me the way that is best for me, you know, even if it's outside of my understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what that's what made the difference, you know, with uh the birth and everything that came before and everything that came after it that we're just trying to be in that that posture where we are God's son and God's daughter and he knows what's best for us even in situations that look like you know like just hard and and way outside of what we planned and what we expect mm-hmm. from him you know even sometimes we expect you know the 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 best and the greatest things you know in our eyes from God and God is like yeah that's that's great and, you know, you wouldn't be uncomfortable in this situation, but how am I going to get the glory at the end of this? How are you going to come? How are you willingly going to come to me if it goes like this, you know? So I think that um, we got to take those opportunities. And there's a lot of a lot of little moments and opportunities, especially like with a baby, where you can where you could just reflect on that and just remember that that God is the one that, that knows best for us. Amen. Amen. So. And to recap, um, I I hope y'all heard these things. I hope that y'all heard that God is trustworthy, that he, his plans, his timing, his ways, his thoughts, his will is the way, right? It is the better route. It is the better path and that he's trustworthy. I hope y'all heard that God redeems, that the thing that you're trying to keep tight or the thing that you're very adamant about being standing firm in and believing based on experience of trauma or a trigger god is trying to refine you in there and restore your point of view and your thinking i hope that you heard that um that god is present in your most difficult moments that he's not far away and he's not seeing you from far away but that he's actually present with you Jesus is not just Emmanuel and Christmas. He is Emmanuel, God with us at all times. That's right. right? He is always here. Um, and we always get to be in the posture of Advent. Advent means expecting Jesus, ex- his ex- uh, expecting him to come, right? And so we get to live a life where Advent is always. And so that's another thing that we hope that you heard in this time that we were believing for, that God was with us in all of the experiences and situations. And that he is a God who keeps us, right? When we think about all that's happening in the world, think about right now. You are being kept by God. There are actually things that could be happening to you right now, that could be attacking you right now, that you could be struggling with, that you're not. Like God has spent his enti- your entire life keeping you. And he will do that if, when, if and when you want to give birth, when you get married, when you take a test in school, when you're driving, <laughs> when you're seeing your... Uh, you know, your grandfather who's sick in the hospital, he's keeping you and those around you at all times. But um, we need to surrender to him, right? And we get to trust him in that. Um, and so, yeah, I pray that this this experience, this birth experience, just encourages you to acknowledge all of these things and, and repent. Repent where you need to repent and return to him where you need to return to him. Surrender to him where you need to surrender to him. Um, and just trust that his plans are good. They may not be how you want it to be. None of this is how we wanted it to be, but we wanted our beautiful, healthy son here. And that was God's good plan. And that is who we have. Moses Peace Dominguez is here with us healthy. Um, and so that's all. That's all I need to know, right? To, to know how good God is. Uh, so that is our birth story.
Yeah, man, we did it, best friend. <laughs> <laughs> we did it, y'all. So, um, be encouraged, as always. Um, you know, we are here to grow in our faith and have episodes that are centered around seeing God and all that we experience and do and think and say. So, uh, be encouraged if you know someone who gave birth or is giving birth, or even just someone who's in a hard season. Right? This isn't just for people who are women or people are going to give birth. Like this was a difficult situation, circumstance, and this could be. Um, can maybe help someone who's just going through a difficult situation and circumstance. So um, just praying for y'all. Thank you for listening um, and being with you. Thank you, husband, for being a guest. It's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to his music on Spotify, iTunes, plug. Yes, please. Y'all know the IG. Y'all know the links. Stop okay. Playing. Stop playing. It's going to be the show notes. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I... y'all, y'all like that Donda. Y'all like that gospel <laughs> rap, right? I got, I got, I got something to share about the gospel. Okay. Holla. <laughs> Bye, y'all. All right, y'all. I'm gonna say it again, just in case, so you don't forget. This Friday, September 10th, we are launching our full collective shop, purposeful shop, full of sweaters, apparel, stationery, even some affirmation cards that you can have at home or on the go. So make sure you save the date this Friday, September 10th at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Tell everyone you know, and we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting us. Plus, 10% of the profits made will be donated to an organization called Vital Voices that is supporting Afghan women and girls right now. And so we are able to make tangible needs be met with our money and with our generosity. And... If you're on our email list, you get 15% off all your products all weekend. So make sure you get on email list, like right now. The link is in the show notes. It's also in the bio in our Instagram. It's everywhere. So you have access to it. And if you're listening to this episode and September 10th has passed, it doesn't matter. You can still go to our website and buy something. So girl, go buy something. Support a small business. Support this ministry. We are so thankful. So let's continue to live our full lives and glorify God. Y'all, I pray that conversation bless you and that you're able to apply some things you heard or learned to your continued growth on your faith journey. I encourage you to study more of the scriptures we talked about on this episode and don't let any conviction you experience go without prayer and action. Share any thoughts or testimonies you may have by leaving us a review or DMing me on Instagram at PD. I also encourage you to send this episode to friends and family and make sure you meet us for our next episode next Wednesday. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram at we.r.full to learn more about our growing community and get connected with us.